every first Tuesday. These two facilitators will be here leading Bible studies. When I first met Adrienne Young, I was blown away by her spirit. It's very contagious and infectious, and she moves, and she touches, and she grabs, and she just moves in your spirit. So when both of your spirits kind of collide like that, you're like, oh, my God, I want to know more of you. I want to be around you. And her husband is just as amazing. So it is an honor. It really is an honor for you guys to give up your time to be here and to just feed us. And I'm excited at what God's going to do through both of you guys as husband and wife and how your ministry is going to just blow up from here. So I'm really excited. Please put your hands together and welcome Adrian Young and her amazing husband, Minister Ed Young. Come on up. You want to speak first? Chick one, two, three is the family Y-O-U-N-G. Hey, how y'all doing today? Everybody's good? Good. We got a little kids in the back. Glad to see y'all. Hey. They're, they're doing good. I got my video man in the back, too. Thank you, bro, man. Listen, we've already prayed, so we're just going to jump right into this. Go ahead and read the scripture. Um, we will admit it is very, it, it's kind of lengthy. It's kind of lengthy. Um, but the reason that we're doing this is that sometimes what we end up doing is we will take one small verse, and we will kind of do what's called strip mining. Um, what I found, or I was introduced to this at a work function is, I'm that guy who goes to the fruit salad. You know, there's always one person who brings the fruit salad, and I was like, I'm going to get all the pineapples I can. And my coworker was like, oh, you're strip mining. I was like, what does that mean? You're just getting the one thing out of there. I was like, okay. Like, but, Eddie, if you actually get some other things around it, it tastes pretty good too. I was like, huh. So one thing, so the verse that we're going to look well, the, the section of Scripture that we're looking at is coming from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. We're going to start with verse 1 and go all the way down to verse 19. Book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 1 through 19. A few minutes to make sure everybody's there. And what we have is the New Living Translation tonight. So let's, uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump into it. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by my name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I gave Egypt as a ransom for you for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored, and I love you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east and west. I will say to the north and south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I, have made them, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. Bring out the people who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. Gather the nations together. Assemble the peoples of the world. Which of their idols has ever foretold such things? Which can predict what will happen tomorrow? Where are the witnesses of such predictions? Who can verify that they spoke the truth? But you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servants. You have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There never has been, and there never will be. I, yes, I am the Lord, and there is no other Savior. First I predicted your rescue. Then I saved you and proclaimed it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. You are witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. This is the part that we all get. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake, I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt 
with all his chariots and horses. I drew, I drew them beneath the, wall, beneath the waves, and they drowned, their lives stuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. So wife and I will tag team a little bit. I'm going to let Adrian pick up first, and I'll jump back in. Thank you for that good old Episcopalian reading. He grew up Episcopalian. You have in front of you a handout. For those of you viewing online, we can absolutely share this later. So if you want to go, you can fill in a blank as we go through and talk about these different things. But I just want to just break it down just a little bit to make it plain, to make it practical in our diet to our lives. So the first thing, this is in Isaiah 43, 1 through 4. If you're filling in the blank, this is what you want to put in. God's plan and purpose for you provides protection. God's plan and purpose for you provides protection. When he starts off, he talks about how Jacob, he says, I created you, I formed you. God is letting him know that's a double stamp that I have on you. I created you and I formed you. So he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you get to verse 2, you have to realize that you have to take verse 1 and 2 consideration. He says, don't be afraid. This is a command. And then he gives you promises that are attached to that. When you go through deep waters, when you go through rivers of difficulty, what is the key word that you keep hearing over and over again? When. Because you will go through it. I know we are excited about 2017. I know we, we turn the clock, everybody dance, shout it, hallelujah. But let's let you know the Bible clearly states when you go through two different types of things, deep waters. When you say deep waters, those are the overwhelming things in your life. Anybody had to go through some deep waters before? The things that just overwhelm you and you're just like, if I don't if get some help, I'm going to drown in it. The impossible situations that you truly don't know where you're going to go to get from here to there. He says, don't fear. I will be with you. And this is good that you learn this now because when you reflect back on the next a couple of months, you're going to go through some things. And you'll be able to pull this out and say, wait a minute, I don't have to be afraid. Because when I go through these deep waters, and I love the fact that it says through, meaning I'm not going to get stuck where I am. And a lot of times the enemy will have us thinking we're going to get stuck right there. But he says, no, when you go through those deep waters, I will be with you. What does that sound like? Israelites, Red Sea, you remember that story? The whole time that he was going, they were going through deep waters. They were like, how are we going to do this? But God is so powerful and so mighty that he literally just took away all the natural laws and did a supernatural thing, and they walked on dry land, which is crazy. Because you think about it, it should have been some mud. But there was no mud, nothing that would keep them and remind them of what they've been through. He said, when you go through those, and he said, when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Rivers are not really that deep if you think about it. Rivers, what will happen is the undercurrent can hit you and you end up falling. So there will be some things in your life where you think you're going to fall, you're not going to get back up, but he says you're not going to drown. You're not going to go through these things and you're not going to drown because he's going to be right there to help you. The next thing he talks about is fire. When you walk through the fire. Now, I had to really look at that because when there's a fire, who walks? Who walks? Who walks through fire? Who, who does that? If you see a fire, do you, do you walk or do you run? Y'all talk back to me. I'm going to talk back to Yes. I, w- I would run. Right. Jay says, stop dropping water. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. You sp- you right, boo. Stop, drop, and roll. That's what Jay say to do. That ain't what the Bible say to do, but the Bible <laughs> When he talks about fire, it's the things that consume you. 
those things in your mind, your thoughts, those things that take all of your time, those things that consume you. Think about those things that consume your time, that consume your money, that consume your thoughts. What are those things that should burn you up, the fiery trials that you've been through? God says, walk through the fire. You won't be scorched and the flame won't burn you. So walking is a pace at which when you go, you're not in a hurry. You're not in a hurry. You're just taking your time, and you're not concerned, and you're not alarmed because you realize God's got this. So when you're burdened or you're anxious or in a panic mode, that's not walking. You need to walk through the fires knowing that they're not going to burn you, not going to come near you. I mean, we see that in the word, the three Hebrew boys. In the fire, they didn't panic. They did not have a, a fit. They were like, throw us in there, and God will come down and arrest, rescue us. And a lot of times we try to get ourselves out the fire because we don't want to be bothered with it, but God says, stay in it, and I'll come and be with it in you. So I believe in this season because we're going to hit some fire. And you might hit it tonight. You just never know. Do not do stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> don't look for a fire extinguisher. Don't look for a way out. You look for God to show up in the fire and to help you through that situation. And when you come out of it, you're not going to smell like smoke. You're not going to look like what you've been through. You'll be able to walk out of the whole entire time. Come up, honey. Come up. Come up. So one thing is sometimes we actually need that fire. We need that trial. We need that test in our life to refine, to purify us. Gold doesn't start off. As pure gold has to go through something, has to go through a little bit of pressure. Now, if we wanted to use a different analogy, we could talk about diamonds. They all start off as coal, right? A little piece of black, you know, basically just some black rocks. But they go through enough pressure that they become something beautiful. So sometimes we need what we're going through right at that moment. Thank you, thank you. He didn't say when you walk on luxurious padded carpet, I will be with you. He didn't say, when you hit that red carpet, I will be with you. He said, when you go through the fire, the rivers, the deep waters, that's when he shows up the best. So remember that as your year comes to close. It's actually your turn, baby. We're going to switch to verses 10 through 14 in there. So the, verse, the very first one, if you're filling out your car. Let me go back right quick because I don't want to make sure you miss that. God's plan and purpose for you provides protection. So even in the fire, the deep rivers, that's a purpose in there. And he's going to provide protection for you the entire time. So picking up in verse 10 through 14, um, if you're filling in, God's word gives you principles you can stand on. God's word gives you principles you can stand on. Now, y'all tell me, like, like Adrian said, y'all talk back, what is a principle? And I'm not talking about the, the guy or girl at school who you went to and got you in trouble. What's a principle? Standard, law, promise, a God. Okay, so good old Google define a fundamental truth or proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of belief or behavior or for a chain of reasoning, something you can stand on, something that you can believe in, something that's going to guide you day after day when it gets hard, when you're going through that fire, something that you can always lean on. Now, I picked this up from the hip-hop preacher, Mr. Eric Thomas. At the end of your feelings is nothing. But at the end of a principle, it's a promise. You might not feel, husbands, like loving your wife at that moment, but you made a promise to do so. The principle is that you made the promise, therefore you have to live up to the promise. Ladies, I know we get on your nerves sometimes too. Yeah, yeah. You might not feel like loving him at the moment, but guess what? You made a promise to do so. I believe you out, son. I know sometimes I get on your nerves too, but yeah. Children. Yeah? Hey, he'll tell me the truth now. Sometimes children don't feel like being obedient to their parents, but the promise 
but the, the principle is that they're supposed to, and the promise is that they will have love, have a long life. Okay? So here's the principles that we're looking at right here. Starting at verse, in that first verse, start up with 10. Uh, but you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There has never been and there never will be. Principle number one, there is one God. There is one God, and he has chosen to know us. He has chosen to know us. By show of hands, anybody here single? Got a few single folks in there. Okay, so y'all. <laughs> now, since we are in the new year, after Christmas, but before Valentine's Day, we are not in cuffing season. Okay? Not in cuffing season. Okay, see, now, cuffing season is that time when, like, you're trying to, you're trying to connect with somebody, you're trying to hook up or, what, or whatnot, but you can't do it during this time because you might not want to buy no Christmas gift, and you sure don't want to buy no Valentine's Day gift, so you've got to wait a little bit longer to get the cuffing season, okay? Now, for us, though, isn't it glad to know that God has no cupping season? It's always, it's always cupping season for him. Year-round, 24-7, 365, it will always be that he always wants us because literally his word says that he chose us. He picked us. Now, for our, for our married folks, for our married folks, okay, we chose our spouse. Now, we're trying to hook up something for our boys. We're trying to arrange a little marriage for the boys, but... Most of us here would say that we had some options. We had some people to say, hmm, hmm, eh, oh, wait. Is that what I say? Yes, it is. See, in the midst of all of our muck and mire, all the trouble that we caused, all the dirt that we did, God still chose us. He still chose us, okay? Verse 11, I, yes, I am the Lord, and there is no other Savior. Principle two, only God can save you. I will not pretend to be a great basketball player. I got cut from my high school basketball team, and I was, in, in, in rec league, I was good for about 5,005 rebounds. And there was no telling which one was going to come first. I knew better than to be that guy who tried to be clutch at the end of the game. Okay? Like, if some of us think that LeBron passes the shot up at the end of the game, no, 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 no. I passed the shot up. Like, I don't even need to be on the court. I know better. Now, there are a lot of people who claim to be clutch in the NBA, but they ain't really clutch. There are a lot of people who sell products and say, oh, this will change your life. You wake, up and you, you wake up the next day, your life's still the same. There are a lot of things that come up there with these highfalutin promises that say they will save you, but there's really only one that saves, and that's God. God is literally the only one who saves us. Now, that might be hard for some of us because now we have to come to the realization that it's not our charisma, it's not our charm, it's not our intelligence, it's not where we went to school, it's not our degree. It's not who we're married to. It's not what car we drive. It's not where we go to work. The only person that can actually save us is God and God alone. Verse number 12, first I predicted your rescue, then I saved you and proclaimed it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. You are my witnesses that I am the only God, says the Lord. Principle number three. Our God does things that no one else can do. Our God does things that no one else can do. I was listening to a sermon earlier, um, and this brother said, our God shows up in hopeless situations. Now, after I came back from Dion Ferris thinking I'm as hopeless as a penny with a hole in it, I was thinking, you know what, that brother told the truth. So if you think about it, once Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, even though they had everything, in perfect, everything perfectly, God stepped in and made a way out of no way just to save them, to keep everything going. Now, you think about with Noah and the ark. The whole world had gone crazy, but what did he do? So you know what? I'm going to play the world's Xbox. 
and I'm going to press restart. You little old school like me, you got the Nintendo with the big square click. Just, nah, that game ain't playing the right way. We'll restart the whole thing. But instead of wiping everybody and everything out, he, he had one of his servants actually make a boat big enough to carry enough weight, to carry enough people, to carry enough animals to sustain and to restart life. He came through in a hopeless situation. Now, this one right here is, what is my favorite. Pharaoh chasing Moses. Pharaoh and his army chasing Moses. Get this. After all the plagues, Moses and the crew roll out. Turn around. Oh, snap, that's Pharaoh. What are we going to do now, Moses? Everybody hating. Man, you pulled us out here on this, in this desert just to kill us. Blah, 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 because you know how we do. Moses says, wait. God is with us. He gets instructions from the Lord, and he stretches his hand over the Red Sea and the river and the, and the sea parts. Now, this is a little bit of an aside, but just so everyone knows, for something that you're about to do, sometimes God won't make the miracle happen until you stretch your hand out and actually put inside it. Some versions of the scriptures say that until they stepped into the water, that's when the river, that's when the Red Sea actually parted. So sometimes you can't just sit back and be like, God, make it happen. God, make it happen. Sometimes you've got to stretch your hand out into it and step into it to actually make it happen, okay? Now, God, in a hopeless situation, my God, who made the sun, moon, stars, put the water in place, made the laws of science and nature. You put water in a cup, it takes the form of the cup. You put water on the floor, it just spills out. Water stands still when it's what? Frozen. Yeah. This man, our God, broke his own law just to prove a point. Said instead of this water being flowing, my servant is going to stretch his hand out over it and it stands up straight while still flowing. My God, our God comes through in a hopeless situation. He does things that nobody else can do. Now, verse 13, from eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. Principle number four, there is no safer place than in the will of God. No safer place than in the will of, will of God. I will admit to you all, I am a self-professed nerd. Like, watched the new, the new rendition of Voltron on Netflix last year. Yeah, yeah. Went home to Charleston to see my folks. Mama had my box of comic books ready for me. He's like, here goes, son, you need to take these. Like, oh, I guess I can't keep these. Okay, fine. So, here, boys, we got some comic books. Now, one of the greatest elements of all science fiction is the force field. Okay. The force field is that one. Actually, y'all tell me, what, when, I, when I say force field, what comes to mind? Protection, barrier, shield. What else? Nothing gets in the force field. Nothing goes out. No matter how many phaser beams are shot at the force field, nothing gets in. No matter how nice you want to get outside of that force field with your escape pod, you can't get out unless the force field is what? Broken. Unless it's released. Our God doesn't release that force field from us. Now, we might try to stray outside of it. But even here, what the verse says is that if we are truly in his hands, there is nothing that can snatch us out of his hand. There is nothing that can break us from getting out of there. Nothing can get in to attack us or hurt us. Nothing. He's always there to protect us as long as we are where? In his will. As long as we are in his will. Go on, babe. We're going to try to do it together. Pray for us. <laughs> Just a last little bit. Step back some, baby, because the camera, that's the old iPhone 5, and it's not. Yeah, the, praise the Lord. Can't do the Bernie back here. So we get excited about these couple of verses with Isaiah 43. These, I'm serious. Every time somebody says, behold, I'm doing a new thing, it's just like, oh, God, I thank you. He's doing a new thing. That's when we shout. Okay. 
So let, let's talk about the, the shouting part. When he says, um, he just basically, he reminds Israel what he, what he did for them. Very quickly in 16, he says, I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. I said, look at God. His hilarity was saying, now, you're not going to drown, but your enemies will. Like, you're going to go through things. You won't drown, but I will take out those who try to take you out. Then he said, but forget all that. Forget all of that. Why, why, why would we forget all of that? Why would we not remember how he brought us out? Why would you ask us to do that? And he says, because sometimes we can make new an idol in our lives. We can make it so that we are on the latest phone. We got to have the latest trends. We just hung up on the new. There is scripture to back this up actually in Acts. There was a group of people where they literally in Athens, all they wanted was new, new teaching. If it was, oh, no, you're doing a new thing. Oh, they have a new conference up there. Oh, they got a new something. They wanted all the new things. He said, and that's why what happens, we forget, and we get caught up, and it becomes an idol in our, in our lives. But he said, behold, I'm doing a new, a new thing. But then he says, before it springs forth, you'll know it. Don't you? Don't, you don't see it. He said, you, you don't see it. You know the scripture, that another one that we shout off of all the time, your eyes have not seen Ears have not heard. Come on, y'all. Neither has the entered to the heart of man that things that God has prepared for you. But he says, I have revealed it to your spirit. Your spirit knows this. That's why he said, you don't, you don't see it? And a lot of times we rush through for the new thing. We got to realize that we got to check in with our spirit every once in a while. It really ain't. It's new. But you got to check in with your spirit to get that new. What is it that you're doing, God? He said, you don't see it? Open your eyes. So one thing, I guess, a quick, just to kind of talk back with us a little bit, when it's time for you to connect with God, when it's time for you to connect with your spirit, what do you do? For me, I just like to get in a quiet place where I can pray, um, and I like to um, just, use my spiritual language, and after I get finished with that, then I just, like, kind of lay out and just wait and listen here in silence and see what God lays on my heart, and I'll journal at times. Those different things that I do. I know. I'm basically the same thing. I do uh, get in a quiet place, but I'm always, Anytime that I go and pray, I always in praise and worship. Praise and worship is, is just me. I just feel like when you're in praise and worship and you're listening to music, it's that access to God. Um, and it just takes you into a deeper place. And once I do that, it's then really just thanking God for where I am, what, what he has for me, and just really asking him, what do you want the words to come out of my mouth for me to pray for? It's like she talks about, you know, getting in touch with your spirit because your spirit knows. There's a lot of times we can pray selflessly, but God wants us to pray directly what he wants us to pray. And so I try to do that. And then I try to journal after I get done because, you know, God can speak to you, and you'll forget, like, half of what he said by noon. So. I close my eyes and meditate and try to hear the Lord speaking to me. That's basically what I do, not sexy or anything. I'm kind of in tune with what everybody says. One thing that we must understand that prayer is not a uh, monologue. It's a dialogue. A lot of people pray and they just talk to God and then they get up, amen, and that's done. But don't you know God will actually talk back to you? But a lot of times we don't find ourselves in a position that we can hear from God. So we have to put ourselves in a position to him. I like what everybody said, find that quiet place, to lead us to that meditation. And uh, I do the same. You know, sometimes you just got to stay there and just listen. And God will speak to you 
when you listen. Um, I would like to say find your peace. What is your peace? To some people it may be journaling, like he said. To some people it may be guarded. For me, I like to run. And when I run, I, that, those are my, my best moments with God. When I'm running, it's just me and him. Next thing I know, I'm running down the street, my hands in the air. I'm like, ah, They're looking at me on the road, blowing horn like, is he all right? But find your peace, whatever your peace is. Find that, and, and that is when God will speak the loudest to you. When you go through things in your life and you, you're searching for the answer, find your, your peaceful place, and he'll come. You'll just hear loud and clear. You'll know exactly what that is. Just to expound upon what you just said as far as um, communicating with God, how many of us would stay in a relationship where the other person did all the talking and never, ever listened? Like just always, always talking. By show of hands, how many of you would stay in that relationship? Now, if that's you and you ain't trying to get in trouble, just blink your eyes real quick. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But see, like I said, that's how some of us treat our relationship with God. We come with our holy anointed wish list and say, God, do all these great things and awesome things for me and for my family and because I need a new car and I need a new job and I need a new house and I want this and I want these shoes and I want these rims and I want all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. But, and then we just pop up and, all right, deuces, make that happen, bro and walk off. He's like, but he has so much to tell us, so much to share with us. And I was trying to take some notes. I, I think I captured most of what everyone said. Um, the quiet place, definitely, definitely important. We have so many distractions in our lives right now, so many distractions. But to find a place where you literally can sit and not have the ESPN sports ticker coming across the screen, or better yet, where there are no screens, where no one's harassing you, where no one's asking you for something, is very important. Praise and worship. I mean, it goes without being said, but how can we? Man, we're talking about God. I mean, like, we're talking about God. Like, if, if we were to, to literally walk into his presence, we would just drop. How can we not give praise and worship to him? Be still. Once again, because sometimes we just, we just too doggone busy. We've just got so much going on that we have to literally stop so that he can pour it back into us. Your prayer language, how you talk to God, how you talk to God, definitely, definitely is very intimate. Journaling is important, and I, actually, I should let you talk about journaling. You, you are an avid journaler. Um, she got about 20 of them. Like, like no lie. No, no lie, about 20. Yeah. Five times four. The very reason that he said, because so many times God has speak to us, and then we walk away and it's like, oh, God. And not just even in that moment, but if somebody has a word for you, I have learned. And I say, hold on a minute. And I grab a pen because I don't want to miss what God is saying because I'm so caught up. You know? So you have to remember to calm yourself enough and say, and I've been times where I'm like, okay, God, could you say that again because I, I missed it. He doesn't mind repeating himself. He repeats himself all the time in the scriptures, not because he has a stuttering problem. It's because when God repeats himself, he wants you to hear it again and again and take heed to that word. So get a journal. I don't care if it's a $1 composition notebook from Dollar Tree. Keep it in your car. The reason why I have 20 because God speaks so much, baby. <laughs> I got to have one in my car, in my bag, at my job in my prayer closet. I don't want to miss him because there's so many times he speaks and it hadn't came to fruition with. So when he tells you about the new thing, I don't want to say, oh, my God, he did tell me this. I remember. And it might take years for it to manifest. There's some things that Eddie and I were told this summer that is coming to fruition today. There were things that were told like 10 years ago, literally, that came to fruition today. Had we not taken and wrote that down? Because God does not lie. He's not a man that he should lie. It's going to come to pass. It's going to happen. It's a miracle for us to even be here because when we, we first started dating and got married, we, let me just be real. I'm going to testify that we tried to do a Bible study together and we were dating and it was the worst argument we ever had in our life. 
because we brought in the Episcopalian religion, we brought in the Baptist religion, and I thought, I've been in church all my life, so you don't have a clue what the word says. And he felt like he grew up in the church. His dad was a pastor, so I don't know what I'm talking about. So guess what we would do? We would just shut the Bible. This ain't going to happen today. I'm not kidding. Like, I would avoid it like the plague. It was rough, rough. So it took years. This, y'all think I might be lying, but this is the very first Bible study we've ever did together in our 11 years of marriage. Tonight. 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 Thank you for your obedience because there were times when we could argue it, and now here we are. We tag team so quickly when we started studying this. I was like, babe, what do you think? Oh, this is good. We would spend hours and hours pouring over in the Word, and actually we got along. <laughs> you talking about doing a new thing and going to the heat, doing a new thing tonight. So I'm excited. I hope you get excited about it. Don't just get excited about the new thing, but just know that God says, look, forget all that. Forget what happened in 2016. Forget about all that. I'm going to do something new in your life. And when he comes, it's something you've never seen, never heard, and it's going to blow your mind. And you're going to be like, how am I going to do it? It's going to look impossible. That's why he said, that's why he told you all this stuff. You're going to go through rivers. You're going to go through waters. Fire is going to come. But listen, I'm going to still be with you, and I'm still going to do the new thing. So don't let all these things distract you. Don't let the waters distract you. Don't let the fire distract you. You just say, you know what, God, you say you're going to do a new thing, and you're going to be with me. So expect it. Expect it this year. I'm telling you, he's going to blow your mind if you let him. The last thing he says to do in the end of that verse, he says, I'm doing this so that people will praise me. For a praise. So if you're filling out the the last part, it says God's word gives promise and provision, which ultimately leads to praise. God's word gives promise and provision, which ultimately leads to praise. Now, his promises, I'm going to do a new thing. His provision is, you don't even know. Listen, Israel, the reason why they were having a fit, because the Babylonians were coming, there was a long journey, like hundreds of miles between the wilderness from Babylon to Israel. And God literally said, I will make a road in the wilderness. You have no idea the provisions he has in store for you. So don't limit him in this season. He's, I'll make a road in the wilderness. I'll put rivers in the desert. Those things are literally impossible if you think about it. But when God does those new things, he's going to provide you for provision, but you show enough better praise him. This is the time when you do not get consumed with everything else, but you have to open up your mouth, clap your hands, however it is that you want to do, and just praise him for what he's going to do. Sunday, a lot of people were shouting and giving God glory for what he got you through. I was shouting for what he was going to do because my spirit was leaping. Like, I know I'm going to go through some things, but I'm so excited about what he's going to do that I had to praise him for what he was. I literally was running, boys, in the spirit and say, Lord, I pray you for what I'm going to do, what you're going to do. So that is our challenge to you this year. As God does a new thing in your life, he provides the provisions, the protection. Make sure, as Tasha Cobb say, you put a praise, put a praise on it. Last thing I'm going to say is um, I want you all to take your phones out. Take your cell phone out. As we talk about doing new things in this new year, understand that these new things are all around us. And like Adrian said, there are times when we get so excited about going to the new thing that we forget, but sometimes we also have to think back about where we've been through and, quite honestly, all those things that were said that we couldn't do, but now they're made possible. And I want, I want you to take your phones out because there was a time when telephones were only in our house. Then there was a time when somebody came up with the bright idea, well, why don't we put a phone in the car? And like, and, you know, somebody said, why? Why would I need a phone in my car? And then all of a sudden, it became popular. Then somebody else had a bright idea and said, you know what? I got this phone in my car and at home, but if I'm out and it's around, I kind of need that phone with me too. And I guarantee you, once again, somebody said, 
Who needs to be that attached? Why would you need a phone like that all the time? And as we keep going through more and more versions of phones, first it was, I just need a phone with numbers on it. I just need to make calls. Now I need a camera. I need to get on the Internet. Got to be able to get on Facebook Live. Got to be on Instagram. Got to be on all these different apps. But I promise you, somewhere down the line, somebody said, nah, we don't need that. But what I'm telling you is that if God has called you to do it, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what your mom says, what your dad says. It doesn't matter what your friends, what your coworkers say. It doesn't matter what your loved one says because if God says to do it, first of all, if your loved one says, if your loved ones really love you, they would have you back. That's for free. That's for free. But, 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 if God has called you to it in this new year, the only thing that's stopping us is us. We got the same 24 hours a day as Beyonce. We can make it happen. The same 24 hours in a day. Let's go ahead and get that. Now, we've been talking. What thoughts do y'all have? Talk to us. No. No. We have five minutes. We are 7.50, but 52. Anybody, questions, comments, anything? Was this helpful to you? Amen. Good. Yes, right. Come on up. Oh, I love her. She's my girl. I was just um, reflecting back on when you were talking about walking through the fire. You said, who walks through fires? Who walks through fires? Most of us, we say we, we run through them. You know who walks through a fire is a firefighter. They are calm. They're fully dressed. They are knowledgeable. They know what they're doing. And that's how, when you said that, all I could see was the full armor of God. So that's why we're able to walk through it. That's why we're able to walk. Because we're covered. He's covered us. Whether or not, you know, you, and he covers us all in the front. Everything's covered in the front. He don't want us running back. He got our back. So, when, so we are able to walk through that fire because we're covered. And that's what I wrote down as soon as you read that. That's who walks through a fire. Those that are knowledgeable, those that are covered, that's what walks. And I'm so grateful to you all for, um, for this time. Thank you, Pastor Maria. Woo. Okay, we're going to turn it back over to Fly Ty and Jay. Thank you all for coming tonight on a rainy Tuesday, foggy night. We appreciate you so much. Oh, do not be afraid. Do not fear. That's the last one. Do not fear. All right. Y'all, please get up for the young. The young. I believe y'all can do better than that. Go ahead, one more time. <laughs> I don't think y'all heard what they said, where they said this is the first Bible study, and they've been married for a while. <laughs> That's a blessing. God is doing a new thing in their life. I'm excited about what God is doing. Now, go ahead and put your hands one time together for Jesus. Come on. So awesome. Y'all. So as we close, I think that would be perfect to close on. That was a great analogy with the, the cell phone, the new thing, the new thing. And uh, I want to start off. I want everybody to think that new thing, what God is doing in your life in 2017. Put that thing in your mind. Write it down like A.Y. said. Write it down. Write it down. Speak over it. Pray over it. I'm going to be real transparent right now. Can I share our argument? Can I share our argument? Well, we <laughs> – what we've been fussing about lately, we really don't argue. We have intense fellowship. That's what we do, intense fellowship. So um, this week especially, we are um, we're newly married. We just got married in March. Put your hands together for that. Come on. And, and literally, I married my best friend. So we communicate real well. So we really don't fuss about hardly anything except this one thing. When she came, she came, she moved into my home. We decided to rent out her home, and she said, uh, all this stuff got to go. <laughs> what? She said, everything got to go. I'm, I'm not, everything got to go. I said, well, well, your stuff can't go. And she was like, no, I had this stuff for years, so I, I'm bringing my stuff. So we're in the process of cleaning everything out. We've done offer up. We've done, um, we've done, what's the other app? Craigslist. 
We done flea market. We did let go. It was crazy. I ended up selling good stuff for a dollar, y'all. That ain't right. <laughs> Matter of fact, anybody want to buy something, see us after the bottle. <laughs> yeah, the bottle, buddy. So we're fussing about what we're going to hold on to and what we're going to release. So, so, so when she said, you got to get rid of all your stuff, I said, well, you got to get rid of your stuff as well. And just yesterday, we got our floors redone. We had the painters come in, and we're cleaning out our house. Y'all don't hear me right now. Sometimes, in order for that new thing to come in, you got to clean out the old stuff. So we're in the process of cleaning out the old stuff. So I encourage you right now, if that, there's something that God wants to get out of your life, you know what it is? You know, and I'm just not speaking in the physical sense that you got to release and let go. And it's been hard for us. She got this armoire cabinet that she absolutely loves. Hey, don't tell my mom I'm, I'm, I'm driving. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's got to go, Mama. I hope you watch it. <laughs> That she absolutely loved, but we're going to sell it for like $50. <laughs> but we're bringing in some new furniture and new things <laughs> in our lives. Look, you get high. Right, you okay? But, but, but I say all that to say this. That was a good metaphor. Sometimes you got to clean out some stuff in order for God to bring that new thing into your life. And what I love about our argument is the reason why you have the argument is because you don't want to let it go. So there's some things in your life right now that you're fussing with God about, that tug of war, and he's telling you, clean it out, let it go, let me take it. And you're fighting him saying, but nah, I really like this job. I really like this. I really want to keep this, but this has been good to me. And he's telling you, I understand. I hear you, but I have something greater for you. And you don't see it now. And it may not be this year or even next year, but it's coming and you need to trust me. So I love your, I love what you taught about today in, in embracing the new because God wants to do a new thing in you. But you have to clean out and you have to go through the fire. And our fire is... <laughs> When we're holding on to something, and I'm like, well, I want to keep it. He's like, well, I want to keep it. And so we both just decided we need to let it go. And so one thing I, I always love to share, and I'm glad that you guys incorporated that. I love to share. I want to pass the mic around really quick, and I want you to say just one thing. What is that new thing that God is telling you that is going to happen in your life? And it might be something that has been, he's been telling you for years, and you've been fighting him with it for years. But what is that one thing that you're going to do? What is that new thing that God is telling you and speaking to you that needs to happen that's going to start today? And let me say this as the mic goes around. You, you may not want to share, but here's your homework. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down tonight. Write it down. What do I need to let go? Everybody has something. And then part two of your homework assignment is what is the new thing? that I'm allowed God to bring into my life. And if you do decide to share, believe me, it's going to help somebody in this room. So anybody, just throw your hand up. I'll bring the mic to you. But write it down. Write it down. When it comes to, when it comes to your hand, you'll be forced to talk. <laughs> I'm letting go of all, all emotional strongholds. Wow. That's this is new. I've been in Charlotte for two and a half years, so I had to start my business all over again from just the ground up. So what God's doing now um, in 2017, he's really been preparing it since 2004, since I graduated from college. So the new thing is that um, letting go, just really surrendering myself to God and allowing him to be the head of everything. I mean, everything. I was praying this morning. I said, God, any area of my heart that is not surrendered to you, show me so I can give it to you. Um, I would say my new would be saying yes to what God wants me to say yes to and surrendering um, to his complete will for my life. (laughs) 
I have to ditto what Melanie said because as you guys were standing there talking, the two scriptures that I kept hearing was the not being able to put new wine in old wine skin. And then the other one was, I know the plans that I have for you, and they're good, and they're not evil, and they're to prosper you and to give you a hope. So I would say, I guess, a new thing for me in this year is really trusting God in every area of my life. There's some things that he's positioning my husband and I for that I'm scared to death of. But it's like, okay, God, I know if you're putting us in this place, and he's been speaking it to us for years, I have to trust that it's going to be okay. I'll say um, what I'm going, what I'm letting go of is negative thinking, complaining, issue, issue that I know needs to go. So I'm letting it go this year. New thing um, is the reverse of that is beginning to speak life. I know that God has made me an encourager, and a lot of times I just refuse to do it because of whatever the personality of the person, whatever it may be. But regardless of what I feel, those feelings that are on that other end that are preventing things, I will begin to encourage and uplift and um, just ex- uh, exalt, well, not exalt, but exhort people is what he called me to do. <laughs> so I'm letting go of, there's kids in the room, so whoopee. And Sierra and Megan Good are my role models now. Do you know anything about that journey? Okay. And the new thing is just finally betting on myself. So that's it. Um, My new thing is balance. And um, the thing that I'm giving up um, is, a priority and putting myself first. Um, that's my struggle. I'm the baby girl, so I'm used to being like, well, getting my way all the time. So um, definitely putting others first, my family before work and stuff like that. So just balance and the right priorities are the new things in my life. My mouth is usually one of the big ones that cook in conversation, so I know I have to say something tonight. Um, yeah, uh, I'm working currently on my vision board and with my vision board, my focus is where faith, finance and fitness and in that order. So, uh, some of what I'm giving up is my excessive spending habits because we don't need, it's a lot of things that we just need to give, give up. And he does say in, in his word that he gives so that we can give back. Bye. So, he can't bless us with more if we won't let go of what we've already received. Sometimes we have to say, okay, I love that suit I bought three years ago, but if I'm not wearing it, I can bless somebody else with that suit. So we have to clear, you know, clear the clutter. So I'm working on clearing, clearing out a lot of clutter so I can receive what God has for me. I guess I'll talk. You know I like talking. <laughs> um, I hadn't thought about Janelle, but I think that years ago I was um, pastor said, you know, you no longer need to seek validation. And that's kind of been my entire life. I've always walked into a room and wondered what everyone's thinking. And I, I really think that's been holding me back um, from everything. So kind of letting that go and really just trusting God. Like he said, I'm going to be great. So, you know, he's with me, he's in me, and just walking in that. For me this year, it's something I, I honestly I say a lot to my my football team is all all gas no brakes. We're not stopping. We're going full speed ahead. There you go, Manuel gets it. We're going full steam ahead, full speed ahead, and we're not stopping. And we're going to finish it every single time. So I'm really excited about about this year about finishing what we started. about what you were saying because people laugh at me because I clean out my closet, 18 bags of clothes and shoes and gave them away, gave them out, gave, they're gone. The girl came and picked them up today. I'm done. But the, what God was saying to me and what we say a lot in the John Maxwell team, you got to give up to go up because that stuff will weigh you down. And it's stuff. Notice what I said, it's stuff. And so what I'm releasing is every idol in my life, 
that would make me feel like I have to look a certain way in order for people to receive me. So those idols of clothes and shoes and handbags and jewelries and wigs and lashes, I still got some of them. Don't, you know, I ain't crazy. But I had to let go of that. Even like when I'm doing, I do a Bible study on Wednesday, I'm going no makeup because I have to let go of those things that I think I have to have in order to do the will of the Lord. So I'm stripping myself completely naked, and I'm saying, God, I don't have time for clutter in my life. I want more of you. So now when I walk through my closet, I can actually walk through it. <laughs> I can lay down in it. I, if y'all need to lay prostrate before the Lord, I can lay prostrate. If I need to just sit on a wall, I can sit on a wall. I'm not bumping anything. When I wake up in the morning, I can pull out two things to wear and walk out with five pair of earrings, and I'm free, free, free to hear from him. So I'm letting go of stuff. I am giving up so I can go up. I just wanted to say, um, in reference to my new, I would say, uh, I feel like I'm going through a, a journey of training. So my new would definitely be all the experiences and the jewels that he's just given to me in this season of his training and it's happening. Mm. Amen. Amen. So, oh, mine, I, um, I am giving up, I think, giving up, walking out of my past life. I think with us transitioning in our home, that's really a lot of the giving up. Giving up of the clothes, giving up of everything, all the stuff, and definitely moving forward. The, the one thing that I'm saying yes to is all that God's asking me to do. And sometimes the mountain seems so high, and I'm just going to do it. So I keep, I know, I feel like this is the umpteenth time that I said that my book is coming out, but it is coming out. It is done. And I've, yeah. Thank you. I have set the date. There will be a physical book in hand by the end of March. Like, that is going to happen. So that is my news. And I think with that will open things that I can't even imagine. So I'm just I'm, I'm embracing, embracing the new and ready for the new. So um, this was new tonight. This was new tonight. I remember sitting on the phone with a wife. Uh, for some reason, we did a, a, a prayer call. Well, it was just a meeting one night with a, with a couple of our – it, it, so it was a random, the way this even started, I had been praying to God about doing more Bible studies. But I'm like, how? Like, how can you do more Bible studies? And so he gave the vision of we're doing one every week. I don't know how you're going to do it. You're going to make it work. I'm going to show you how. So I said, we're going to do one every single week. And one day we were on the phone, a bunch of girlfriends, having a so-called meeting. But it turned into like a cry session, prayer session, all of this. And next thing I know, you know, she was like, me and Eddie need to lead Bible study. We need to be husband and wife. We need to do this. We need to say yes. You know, for so long we've been running from it. We need to say yes. And I said, well, we're doing Bible studies. Let's do them. So it is a blessing to be here, to see people here, to receive the word. And um, even to hear you guys say we spent hours in the word dive. I mean, there's something beautiful when someone asks you to step up here and to, and to, and to lead. You got preparation that you have to do. You have to go to work. You have to spend time with God. You have to be in peace. You have to ask God to move through you. And sometimes it doesn't happen right when you want it to. You can say, okay, God, right now is my study time for me to get my word together. For tomorrow, God's like, you ain't going to get it right now. So it can last all day. So just what he did with you guys I thought is just beautiful, and it's just the beginning. And I, I really see a huge ministry with what you guys are doing. And I, I'm grateful for us connecting I'm grateful for Stone Lunch's platform. I'm grateful that we get to do this, and I'm so, so, so overjoyed that you guys are here. And, I, again, I, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. And we just, I, we believe and we say all the time, loving God is dope. I'm sorry, but there can be all these rules and all these traditions. and all. If you want to have that, you can have I just love God. I just love him, and I lived a crazy lifestyle at one point in my life, and I met God, and my life has been amazing ever since, and I just want people to know that. And so we just want to do something cool, you know, and I think loving God is dope, so that's why we want to do these things. But Tuesday night, we're here. We want to close out in prayer. One thing we do every Wednesday morning is we wake up in prayer. So we invite you to call in. Everyone that's on the call has called in a number, and you can get it on any one of the flyers or, or business cards. But tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., we wake up and we pray. So if you have a prayer request or if you just want to be start your day in prayer, you know how it is when you start your day in silence and just go into God first before you, anything, before you even take a step off the bed. Your day is just totally different the rest of the day. So we invite you to call in with us. And then I want you to pray. I challenge everybody. Did you enjoy the word tonight? Put your hands together if you did.
So here's two things. That, well, actually, three things I want you to do. You'll find a card on your table. Everybody has a card. If you don't, we, we want to make sure there's several cards on the table. When you go to work or at home or when you're around your friends, say, hey, y'all, we know this real cool Bible study that we want you to be a part of, and just pass it on. Spread the word. Put it on your social media. Let them know what we're doing. I believe God is going to do a great work in this place. I believe people are going to be saved, delivered, set free. I just believe that. We're going to come in here, and there ain't going to be room enough to, to fit us all in here. They're going to have to – I believe it's just going to be people coming in doing work like it's just something going on next door, and I like it. So I encourage you, please take one and just share it with somebody, number one. You talked all night. I was just – no, no. <laughs> one thing funny. So I don't know. I'm going to do research. But someone hit me up a, year, a few years ago. Something happened in this building that was for God and about God. And someone hit me up and was like, I'm, I'm really excited to see that this building is still being used for Jesus. So I'm going to find out what it is because this is a co-working space. People come here to do small business stuff. And so for God to even lead us here and for us to be doing Bible studies here, there's something about this building that God just opened the doorway for this to happen. So I'll find out and let you know. Maybe you can bring that gentleman in. But something needs to happen in this building. All right. Well, it's something, a new thing. A new thing. <laughs> a new thing is about to happen. So please share the word. Uh, put it on your social media. It will really be a blessing to us because we want to reach so many, as many people as we can. Number two, I challenge all of you to start your good morning off in prayer. And I know she spoke on it. But y'all think something went on in here tonight. There's some things that go on on the prayer calls. By starting your day off, we do a, a quick devotion, maybe 15, 20 minutes. You know, you could just put your phone on mute while you're brushing teeth, getting ready or whatever. But when we begin to pray, something happens. Something happens. People are in tears. They share their testimony about how they're getting jobs, about how they're being healed. It's something that happens on those, those prayer calls. And I want you to be a part of it, even if you're just listening. You know, and people have things that they're struggling with in life that they may not mention in an open room like this, but they'll say it on the prayer call. And then to have a body of believers saying, we're standing in agreement with you. Prayer warriors that are not only praying at the time of the prayer call, but that's praying all day for you. Something happens. So I implore you, please, 6 a.m. in the morning. It's the same number that you called in tonight. It's the same number that's on the card. Call in and listen. And I guarantee your day will be blessed and your life will begin to be blessed by it. Third thing. And I'm done. I wanted to share mine. I didn't think she was going to give up the mic. There is a documentary um, that, that really talks about letting go uh, that I, we watched last week. And me and A. Well, I was just talking about it. And, you know, everybody is not super spiritual. We cool. Like she said, loving God is dope. So I could share a secular documentary that I was blessed by. Um, the name of it is, what's the name of it? It's called The Minimalist. Go to Netflix, watch it. I guarantee you, you'll begin to have a different perspective on how you see stuff. You will want to clean out your closet, focus on important things in life. And, 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 and I'll let AY speak a little more on 30, 30, 30 after that. But, yeah, Project 333, that's it. It's strong, ladies, ladies, ladies. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> you know, because uh, uh, ladies, y'all like to hold on to, to things. Y'all got so much stuff in your closet that you can't even, you know, but I was blessed by you doing it too, so I'm going to join with you. But it's called The Minimalist. The Minimalist. Write it down. Watch it. We can talk about it the next time we come together. All right, so um, if if our hearts and minds are clear, we're going to can we just stand, everybody? Hope I have enough juice. Touch somebody, especially my kids. Y'all touch somebody. <laughs> have you been blessed tonight? I can't hear you. Have you been blessed tonight? Woo-woo. Praise the Lord. Y'all don't know it. Y'all get the residue. God, we bless you tonight. 
I just thank you for every person who in this building, not even in this room, even in this building. I pray, God, that the residue of the anointing that was on this room would just permeate this atmosphere, God. We thank you for everybody who's live streaming as well, calling on teleconference. When you say you would do a more excellent ministry, that we would do greater than you, you did not lie, God. We thank you so much to be able to assemble on a Tuesday night, given of our time to hear your word, God. We thank you for the new thing that you're going to do in our lives. We thank you that our spirit already knows what it is, and I thank you that we will get quiet before you and seek your face, and we won't move, God, until you speak. And when you do speak, we'll be careful to obey you no matter what, no matter how outlandish it is, no matter we've never seen it before, no matter we don't have the provision for it, God, we trust that you are going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think according to the power that is in work and in us, even now, God. Bless Descenda and bless Derek. Thank you so much for stolen lunches. Thank you, God, that they didn't encounter robbery to do a new thing in you. So would you just enlarge their territory, God? Would you make it so that people would sow into their ministry and see that this is good ground? Would you make it so, God, that they will be over the level that they can see Christ in their marriage, God? I thank you, Lord, for how you are just expanding them and making them great in the kingdom, God. We know Satan is afraid every time their feet hit the floor. But we thank you, God, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. And any time that rises against them, God, you will condemn. I speak supernatural blessings over them right now, God. I thank you that everything they touch, it does prosper, God. I thank you that they have health, God, and they have strength, God. And that you will meet their needs according to your riches and glory, God. We thank you, God, for everybody in this room, everything that was spoken of what you're going to do in their life. We thank you. We put a praise on it even now that you're going to do great and mighty things that we know not of. So we will assemble this time next week, God. We're going to be blown away about the testimony of what God has done. We love you, God. We are excited. We thank you that the rivers will not drown us. We thank you that when we walk through the fire, you will be with us, God. Now, God, as we leave this place, would you just help us to reflect and meditate on your word this week? We thank you so much that the word is alive and is working in our lives. And when people come into contact with us, they will feel the presence of the Lord. In Jesus' powerful name that we pray, amen.